0: What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Pure Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week we have the one and only Joby Ford from the Bronx, from Mariachi El Bronx. He is a prolific artist. Uh, He's done probably some of the the coolest record covers you have in your collection, uh, working for Vagrant Records. And, uh, yeah, done all the Bronx stuff, just an all-around badass, and I was stoked to have him on. Uh, Thank you to uh, Mike Hernandez for hooking us up. Uh, It was kind of out of the blue, uh, but I was super stoked uh, to talk to Joby because he's a fascinating guy, and I love his artwork, and I love his music. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it as well. Thank you so much uh, to all of you who donated uh, to Billy Darling's GoFundMe for his daughter. Uh, got a lot of people sent me messages saying that they had donated, and uh, it just means the world uh, that you guys would, if, if you know him, if you don't know him, that you would reach out and, and donate. Um, that leukemia uh, diagnosis is a, a hard one to take, and, and uh, you know, wishing all the luck uh, to Billy and his family, and I hope uh, people keep donating as they can, because uh, that financial burden is just unreal. Um, Medicare in this country, medical uh, bills in this country are just outrageous. And uh, as we all know that if we're living in the U.S., I know we got people all over the world listening. Uh, but if you can, head over to the Instagram uh, one more time, click on the link in my bio. It'll take you to the GoFundMe page and, and throw a few bucks over there towards uh, Billy and his family. Uh, much love to them. Um, all right, guys, let's get some business out of the way, uh, and then we'll jump into things as usual. Peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Uh, if you need anything, um, we got, I mean, our sponsors, our episode list, um, it's the best place to send people if they've never heard the show before, because they can go through right on the front page is a multiplayer uh, that has every episode loaded on it through our megaphone, megaphone platform. And uh so check that out. Uh send a friend over, send twenty friends over and have them check it out, find something they like. Um, uh, but you can I mean that's the spot, the one stop shop for everything uh the show has to offer. Uh purepleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me for guest ideas. Um, you know, just reaching out. I've got a lot of really cool emails this week uh of people that are digging the show. Um, talking about specific episodes, I and mean, just lots of cool feedback. Uh, definitely head over and rate and review the show if you haven't already uh, over on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Those reviews really help us out. Uh, but most of all, thanks for coming back week after week and listening to the show. I hope everyone had a happy 4th of July. Um, you know, hope everyone was safe. I know there's a lot of uh, stuff going on right now. Um, But hopefully everyone got to at least, regardless of how you feel about the 4th of July, hopefully everyone got to spend some time with their family and uh, have a good time. So, um, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's get into things here. I'll keep this intro short. I went a little long last week. Uh, We got a lot of awesome stuff coming up this month, which you guys will hear about uh, very, very soon. There's a lot of big stuff coming. Uh, a lot of great episodes, including this one. So without further ado, guys, let's jump into my conversation with Joby Ford from the Bronx. Yeah! Is this dewey this is dewey
1: is this Joe? my phone's it is my phone said maybe dewey
0: maybe <laughs> it's funny how it knows it looks through emails probably is what it is it's fucking creepy yeah
1: it's uh you know every every day these phones do something new yeah that i'm just like what the fuck
0: <laughs> maybe i should start saying that when people answer the phone or, or uh, answer the phone the way i should say maybe that's a deeply we could talk this this whole time about that question yeah am i dewey yes (laughs) or am i it's the deep philosophical question like when someone says where are you you could really drag that one out yes
1: maybe
0: yes maybe (laughs) well how are you man doing all right you know uh probably like most people
1: well A little bored, a little head scratching. Yeah. Little, you know, trying not to watch the news, but you know, checking in from time to time, I think, is is that's the way I play it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: you know, um yeah, I'm doing good, you know. But we've been, you know, on the road for the last f- five years. <clears throat> and so you know i i hate to say that i'm enjoying quarantine but you know i'm spending a ton of time with my family which is you know has been sparse due to our touring schedules so um i am enjoying that aspect of it
0: okay yeah it's that seems to be the the consensus i mean taking some time out and and finding what's actually really important and and uh, i mean not that anything else isn't but you know getting back to basics for a second and taking a breath is it can be good you know it can be bad it can be really depressing it could put people into a really dark spot people that are alone and people that uh yeah you know don't have that luxury of having a family or even roommates or you know anything to yeah totally yeah it's fucking crazy but that's why i hate saying that i'm enjoying it because i feel like someone's gonna be like fuck you dude yes I've been working pretty steady through the whole thing. I had 2 weeks off and that was it and uh so I feel kind of bad too because I, nothing's really changed except for what happens when I leave work or leave uh, leave the house. I mean every I work and go home it's just like it was before unless you watch the news or or drive by the grocery store and everyone's in masks. Yeah. <clears throat> but, bizarre. Yeah. So I I uh oh, I'm trying to think the last time I saw you guys was with Thrice um at the roseland here in portland and okay. i meant to say something to you guys but you guys were super busy like everything i was sitting there on the couch talking to eddie for probably an hour and a half um and then went up and watched your guys's set and then you guys were done i don't remember it just seemed super busy so i kind of just left you guys alone and uh it ended up two other friends of mine showed up and then uh ended up, you know, talking to to the Thrice guys a bit more before they went on and then I left about halfway through their set. Um but it was it was incredible. It was you guys had Joey C with you, didn't you? On that tour. Yeah, he's been playing with us
1: um two years now, I think. Wow, okay. <clears throat> Maybe longer. Yes. Um he, yeah, he I mean there's a few few things he couldn't do. Cause I think he had prior commitments with Zach wild. I think.
0: Yeah. Zach's doing that. <laughs> Zach, yeah. Zach
1: Sabbath. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wonder, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He was pretty sure he was with us. Yeah. I mean, cause I feel like, I feel like, I feel like that tour was two or three legs maybe. And, um, I think he might have missed one of them. I don't remember which one, though. I, okay. Like, not to sound cliche, but it's kind of a blur.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I know those guys too, are a little bit weird sometimes with uh, family life and stuff. Try to break things up and and uh, and be home when they can. But yeah, uh, I
1: think they all have kids except for Eddie. Yeah, I think he's yeah. the only one that doesn't.
0: They all have multiple kids, except yeah, me. like
1: a bunch. Yeah, yeah, like like three and fours, so like like you know. <laughs> large you know i have i have two and i'm just like i cannot understand how anybody <laughs> could do any more than that Yeah, but it's yeah. like i did you want to hear something weird like we uh my kids go to school with um we you know we've met other families i know two families no i'm sorry three families that have six kids oh my god
0: yeah that's insane, insane. i yeah. have three yeah. but one's 20 so like I, the, uh, the littles that's... are seven and eight and it's good lord man it's a it's a fucking wild ride and yes, i'm man. home every night like it, i couldn't imagine being gone and then coming i mean when i was touring i didn't have kids so I, I i was just free and could do what i wanted to do didn't have to call anybody it was nice but having i couldn't imagine touring with with children or if they can't come with you you know if you were in like <clears throat> metallica they'd come with you but you know, even that's <laughs> yeah. not probably a, the best environment for a child to grow up. Well, you know,
1: I mean, it's like, I, I don't, I couldn't imagine it in, you know, the non-digital age, you know, being able to constantly be in contact and, you know, like, you know, I watched football games you know from my bunk and i don't you do what you got to do but
0: yeah it's not ideal yeah but. sleeping in a coffin and and uh, a big rolling coffin down the highway and yeah facetime and and now what zoom meetings and everything i just had dustin on the podcast from thrice and we did it over zoom and it was so weird because uh, it was how easy it was. Like it wasn't all glitchy. It was like I I wasn't even at home. I was in my car, and he's at home in his studio. And it's literally just perfect picture, no glitchiness. It's like this is yeah. crazy. I'm not even on Wi-Fi, and it's working. It's insane. It's
1: yeah, man. It's the you know the biggest nerds in the world work for these companies.
0: Right? Yeah, thank
1: They're God, smart for nerds, people, man. <laughs>
0: no. thank God for smart people. Yeah they Smart. make our lives go around absolutely well dude so so i don't know a ton about you because uh you know i know the band i know the music but i don't know a bunch about you which is the whole point of the show which is getting to know somebody and and just, you know having a conversation but uh where do you come from where'd you grow up i was uh
1: born in a place called stevens point wisconsin um my dad was a dentist, and he, after he graduated dental school, he and my mom moved up there, uh, bought a practice, I believe. And I, I don't remember any of it. I think we were, I was two weeks old when we moved. Um, we moved to a place called Grand Junction, Colorado, which is on the western slope of the Rockies, which is closer to Utah than Denver, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Um, grew up there. Um, spent most of my time skiing and snowboarding, as you do as a Coloradian. Ready, ready. I'm sure that's not a word. Um, it is now. <clears throat> trademark, it was just getting rad. It was just getting rad. And then I uh, went to school for a couple years in Kansas and then uh, a couple years in LA. and... It out here ever since Man. that's the cliff notes
0: so well it, it's funny to talk about snowboarding and and uh all that i grew up in alaska and i didn't i snowboarded one time and i think i was 16 like i was i grew up there like 18 years and i went one time i don't know why i didn't have an interest in it, or maybe just didn't have the opportunity to to go but yeah insane i just i that just made me think of that because uh yeah. I went once and it was awful. I had barely made it off the lift the whole day because I kept falling over.
1: It's hard. It's hard, Yeah, you know? And I think that's, I, I feel like, you know, these individual sports that are difficult, that's why they're so popular because it just kicks your ass trying to learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, it think... was, I mean, it was, it was different for us. Like where we went to school, it's like one day a week out of the winter we would the whole school would go up to the mountain you know it was ski school like it was just you know that's how it went that's what you did
0: wow that's cool
1: i have it was uh, i mean i i didn't really think it was at the time but now looking back on it i was like (laughs) it's like my kids
0: would (laughs) kill for that you know yeah they would i wonder if they still do it that way I, I Probably not Yeah well <clears throat> then no one's in school now But <laughs> Yeah weird Even in That the... is so weird I always I tell my kids I'm like you know what
1: I used to pray every night That school would be cancelled
0: here <laughs> we are And here we are, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> <laughs> They don't even know The the beautiful time they're having Just not having uh, school Yes it's like, Why
1: couldn't this happen when we were we were
0: kids. Oh, my God. It would have been insane. Uh, did you get into – did you kind of discover – I'm just assuming, but since 99% of the people I talked to and myself included discovered music, uh, well, the music currently into or, or the most influential stuff, uh, counterculture, uh, not just your regular classic rock and pop music through skateboarding and snowboarding videos. Were you 100%. exposed to that? through that? Yeah.
1: Skateboarding, you know, when skateboarding entered my life, that was, that was, you know, I'm of the the Bones Brigade era. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. That's, that's, you know, where I, you know, lay my claim in skateboarding and that, you know, that was a a huge turning point for me in my life. Um, Just because of the culture, the sport, the obsession with getting a trick, you know, the the constant hunt for adventure. And a lot of people, I don't think, realize that like skateboarding wasn't legal. <laughs> like it was it was hard and it was an outlaw thing and trying to find places to skate, it was just impossible, you know, without getting harassed by the cops or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like only rich kids had half pipes And the good, and like once they popped up, you know, there's a hundred kids there, you know, it was just insane. And, you know, those guys were gods because they, you know, vert skating was just insane, you know, and it was just, and it was difficult and seeing these guys do all this stuff, just, you know, blew mine as well as every other kid's mind, you know, in America and all over the world. And, you know, now they have skate parks and it's funny to, to have been a fan of the, the sport for so long to see like the landscape change going from vert skating to street skating, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you could skate, that was that. And then like all of a sudden skate parks started showing up and I'm like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of these kids these days, you know, they have never even been on a ramp, Yeah, you know? And it's like, and their style and the tricks and all this stuff are are so conducive to skate parks. And it's just like the 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 quality of skateboarding now is just mind boggling to me. It's like people are gymnasts, and the tricks that they're pulling, you know, even back then were just. Even now, they're unthinkable. I was like, I I just see people do stuff, and you know, and like the motto and the creed of a skateboarder. You know is to keep going And pushing the envelope farther and farther And farther now it's to the point where it's Like getting scary I'm watching guys bomb hills Backwards not looking where they're going uh-huh. Look, <laughs> <You know>? am <laughs> Like I'm a, Where's it gonna go, you know where's it gonna go next You know it's like now these guys are gonna get a highlight Unless they're you know risking their lives You know and it's just like whoa, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah To think about now what it would take to get Quote unquote sponsored or you know Like um I love watching those videos now or Tony Hawk drives around and just says, hey, do a kickflip out yeah. the window of his car. And then he gives them a bunch of free shifts yeah. <laughs> if they do it. But then he's watching guys do stuff. He's like, I would never even try that now. Like yeah, maybe not even back in the day I would even try that <clears throat> pads. It's yeah, it's unbelievable. The, the The Instagram account
1: I really like is Metro Skateboarding. Um, that's a really good that's, that's where you see just the like the jaw dropping stuff
0: dude i'm gonna have to check that out there's a what's the hashtag oh man fat mike was putting it out it was uh something about like ruining your house but it's basically for quarantine like doing skate tricks in your kitchen and like um shit i don't remember the hashtag uh i don't know but basically it's it's calling on people to like do the craziest shit they can like in their house or apartment or uh garage I mean, and it, they were literally like doing tricks in the in the kitchen and like just blowing shit down a hallway uh and it blew up, up. <laughs> it, it went viral it was fucking awesome <laughs> yeah. but i i do not remember the hashtag if i remember i'll text you later if i remember it but yeah the, the, it's 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 hilarious but um one thing that i want to tie in this to is is thinking through this going from vert skating to street skating. Uh, a lot of people and I, I had my fair share of skateboarding days back when I was in high school, but I never got really good at it. It was more of like a transportation thing for me, like getting from one place to another or having something to do while we were hanging out somewhere. Like I'd kind of do some stuff and then mainly watch other people like really push it and do the tricks and, and stuff like I would just kind of cruise. Um, but, the way skateboarding makes you look at the world differently, like you're looking at a sidewalk a different way, you're looking at a planner, or yeah, you, you're basically like you're looking through these like uh gamer goggles of uh, where you like like Terminator, where he like zooms yeah. in on certain things. <laughs> totally. Did you feel yeah. that same way when you started street skating? Like going, yeah, I, from-
1: I, you know, I, I still do that. I still like, I have you know that that opportunistic vision is, is where maybe describing it, yeah. you know, and it's like I eyeball curbs, you know, banks and ditches and all that stuff and, <clears throat> you know, it's, you know, we get a lot of sunshine out here in California and you know, I mean, and there's just like, I, I take my kids out, like we have some amazing ditches out here mm-hmm. and and that was always kind of the, the, the thing about skateboarding to me, it wasn't about who was better or who was worse. It was about doing stuff with your homies, like the, like the adventure, you know, like this just rat pack of, you know, kids running around looking for who can do what, or, you know, Oh, here's a space we can, you know, do all that. And like, it's, it's still, it still excites me. Like I, I still skate,
0: you know? Oh, that's awesome.
1: I I mean, let me put it to you this way. I'm not going to, I don't get radical, but like, (laughs) you know, (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah well, i
1: understand uh, but you know it, it's still it's still you know a part of my life and something i try to do at least once a week but yeah you
0: know, yeah
1: other things have been popping up
0: well sure but that's all the but that opportunistic vision uh what i was wanting to tie that together to is you're uh you're an artist you do a lot of like record uh uh layouts yes. and do you think that helped or maybe even started or maybe just furthered that along for you that being able to look at, say a band comes to you or the Bronx puts out a record and, and you just go through, I mean, I assume you probably have piles and piles of like clip, not clip art, but the, like the, uh, what the fuck do you call it? The, the free stuff. It's like stuff that's not copyright copywritten, but you can utilize it for, uh, you know, where you lay out your pieces of okay, now I need to figure out what I'm gonna do, um, kind of thing. Am, uh, I, am I off base here? I'm, I, assume. I, I
1: don't, I don't, I don't do that. I think, I think you're talking about like royalty free clip art, maybe.
0: Yeah, like the stuff they used to make books of them. Like we used to cut stuff out of those books oh, and go to oh, Kinkos uh, and make t-shirts Prapound. and shit. yeah, Prapound. Prapound. we used to Prapound do all like of our merch of the, that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a dude actually from Portland. Oh. You know, funny story about that guy. <clears throat> um, I think his name's Sean. Uh, I could be totally wrong. But he um I used to before I was in a band, I I worked for a record label as the uh, you know, art director, did, did all the album covers and everything. And he when I left to go be a musician, uh he came in after me as as the art guy there okay okay so but that crap hand was rad i don't i haven't i don't know if he still does them i think i feel like he combined all of them and put it into a, like a like a big huge book that you can now buy or something like that
0: man that was so badass just going through and like cutting shit out and like i yeah. putting like lightning bolts coming out of ram's heads and like uh buffaloes with like these crazy, like strip, we cut strips out of paper and like, uh, black those out and make this like, we used to make the merch company, uh, smart punk. I think it was doing our merch. Um, we go down, we were, we were signed to fearless and Graham from fearless started smart punk. Um, and so we'd be like, all right, here's the design for the new hoodie. And he's like, well, what about the zipper? And I was like, we we're basically telling him like, no, just fucking print on the zipper it's fine like we yeah. know it falls apart but it completes the pr- the and he's like well we probably shouldn't do that cuz it's going to look like she's like dude just fucking print on the zipper yeah. like we were all adamant about it and uh but yeah making making stuff out of that was so much fun but uh i mean what you do is far more uh immersive than that and and it, i mean your artworks amazing but the well, thank you the uh, i'm sure your process is different but do you think having that vision uh, from through skateboarding helped you uh, in it, in deciding where to go with projects.
1: I <clears throat> the, the the here's here's here here's my philosophical kind of answer to that question. Okay. I feel that that um and and I uh, and I overheard this and this is definitely not my I didn't come up with this, but in being creative which I think skateboarding is totally creative. Like, you know, it's since, you know, it's a toy and, you know, it's like, I feel that skaters are artists because they're coming up with stuff. They're making things up much Mm -hmm. like a musician would come up with a song. You know, it's like, he's not reinventing the guitar, but he's doing his own thing with it or he or she, and and same with skateboarding. And I feel, and you know, this is just my opinion that I'd noticed There's a there's a lot of parallels in life, uh, in my life, especially, whereas, you know, if I'm working on a song, you know, there's there's the music and then there's, you know, the vocals, you know, and if I'm doing a record or a shirt or whatever, you know, there's there's like the, the image. And then there's like the type, you know, and the image is like the music and the type is like the lyrics to me. And so those are those are the parallels, you okay. know, <clears throat> and same with skateboarding, like, you know, the you know, the, whatever it's your vehicle. But what you do with it is, you know, it, it all interlaps. And I, and I feel that as someone who is creative, like I, I feel that. did did i have like a like a process or or the you know the parallels are exactly the same i'm just switching out the medium
0: i got you i got you that that,
1: i know that's kind of but that that's that's all it is to me like that's how i see it you know whether it's you know you know whatever making a riff making a drawing something you know whatever it's and it's you know it's it's all about kind of Assembling everything together, like all of these little things, Mm -hmm. you know, like you know, all these little bits make up a one huge sum, you know. And just you know, and like in a song, it's you know, all all the instruments, you know, and then it's mixed and boom, and then like doing a record cover, it's all these elements, you know, it's laid out and then boom, you know. And it's like to me, I see it as exactly the same thing, (laughs) even though you know, people will probably disagree with me on that and rightfully so, but that's just, that's, that's my view on, on being creative. That's how I do it.
0: Man, that's, see, that's great. That, that's the, that's the stuff I love to hear, you know, and, and I I try to take things from, from every one of these conversations and try to implement it you know and or just take little pieces and let them inform my my worldview and how i do things and stuff and hearing stuff like that is is fascinating i mean do you are you do you nerd out on on like different papers and and uh 100 like all the different elements like that like that kind of detail yeah yeah it's it's it okay well because
1: i you know that that was part of the art back then, you know, and I mean, still yeah. is to a degree, but, you know, there's there's just not as much printed material in the world, you know, yeah. and and it was, you know, that was that's that's a very learned skill. Um, it's something that, you know, can really. You know, I, I mean, I still, you know, my favorite thing in the world is uncoated stock. You know, a lot of the Bronx records are printed on that and that it, it just feels good. It smells good. You can smell the ink. You know, it's a little bit, the colors get a little bit more rich. You know, I love embossing, debossing, varnishes, UV coats, using matte finishes, you know, and just, you know, all kinds of, I I like it all. You know, this metallic PMSs, the foil stamping, everything. Like, it's just like, to me, that still, like, excites me. (laughs) (laughs) When I I see, I'm like, oh, they embossed this, you know. (laughs) know? And... (laughs) You know, I, I love all that stuff. You know, that to me is 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 like craftsmanship. You know, and yeah. I, like, I like I like craftsmanship stuff.
0: That's awesome. I that's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's funny how much that side of things has to do with uh, scrapbooking. Have you yeah. seen the scrapbooking craze? That is. Do you have like? A, I don't know if your your folks are still around, but like my mom and. Her all of her side of the family are scrapbookers, and they have yeah. all these different elements and crickets and like they <laughs> cut things certain ways. But then different papers and different things like it's it's like Stamp City, like it's crazy.
1: I, I've I've been an observer on the outskirts of it. You know okay. my <laughs> my wife's side of her family, her
0: stepmom,
1: and just buck wild. Oh my god, know, just cranking wine and Dude. just. Uh, stamping away, <laughs> gluing, and <laughs> hot glue everywhere.
0: <laughs> my, my my mom's side of the family is all they're all Mormons, so they they meet up in Utah and have a scrapbooking boot camp, and they wear camouflaged Damn. aprons and they do everything. They, so they're not pounding the wine, but they're doing everything else, and it is hilarious. It, good, well, good on them, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean,
1: there's uh, you know I think that it, you know <clears throat> it, it's funny. You know like to to go back with what before it's like you know being creative is is pretty addictive you know i mean for for certain people not for everybody but it's like once you get going it's like it's like crack to me you know like i actually i've never smoked crack so that's not (laughs) what i meant to say but yeah using the paraphrasing sure um and it's like you know However, you know everybody gets down in different ways, like you know I know people that just you know obsessed with photography, obsessed you know with creating new tricks on a skateboard, surf you know whatever any of these creative outlets, including scrapbooking, and it's like and it's a very healthy thing for you, i think is is to exercise your creative mind and however you want to do that, I think is awesome, yeah, you, know?
0: yeah, and, exercise and your like, mind in any way, yes yeah. I mean giving it any kind of attention is uh is awesome and, and healthy. I think, you know, like it's keeps it. I mean, if you're, if you're sitting down just like watching TV all the time, you know, you turn the TV off for an hour and stare at it still, you just did the same thing. You know, you're getting information, you know, just like with podcasts. I mean, you can mow the lawn and listen to a podcast, but uh, it's, it's actively engaging your mind in a way that, I mean, you're trying to focus on the conversation or, uh there's all sorts of subconscious Things that come into podcast we can go into that For hours but oh, yeah. um it becomes You know <clears> you <throat> become a, a part style. of the Person's subconscious like it's You start to believe what they say like you Start to if they advertise something you're more Likely to check it out because you've got that Voice in your head you can't see if it, It's in your mind it's yeah. crazy Shit but uh Going back though uh, what label Were you the art director for Uh it was called vagrant records Vagrant records holy shit what years was yes. this? 2000 to
1: 2002, I believe. 2000, somewhere around the, I don't know, I've worked there
0: for a couple of years. Did you do the Hot Rod Circuit Sorry About Tomorrow cover? I did, yes. Bro, that record was amazing, but the artwork was phenomenal. That was, that I had a poster of that in my room for so long. Uh, I forget where I got it from. Maybe a record store, but it was maybe it was from Vagrant when I ordered some stuff through the mail order. But it was one of those like eleven by seventeen. Maybe I took it off a club wall. I don't remember. But uh, dude, that was a that was a cool label to be a part of in those those years. Yeah, I mean,
1: I've I I had never worked for a record label before. I a friend of mine <clears throat> actually worked there, uh, who coincidentally enough was the first bass player in the Bronx um and he got me the job because i was i was working and you know i was for this big ad agency and then i was ended up uh doing art for like a cosmetics company and just uh, just all this stuff i just didn't really want to do um and so i jumped at the chance to to come in and you know work for a record label because i just i loved music so much and um it was you know it's just a bunch of kids you know at the time you know 20 something year olds that you know and it's like you you had to you had to figure it out you know yeah. <laughs> like, you know and I it was some it was crazy because I, I you know <clears throat> from what I gathered you know from the chatter around the office um they we're an independent record label that was getting, I don't know, I think they ended up getting picked up by like Interscope or something like that. Um, to, and so all of a sudden it went from having weekly meetings. to like I just had to talk to like all these dudes in New York city all day long, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it was, you know, it was an exciting, it was an exciting job. You know, I, I, I you know, still to this day talk to a lot of those people and,
0: um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that's wild. If you go into something like that with, yeah, having to basically teach yourself what you're doing, like it's what it sounds like, where you didn't really have someone to learn for how to be an art director for a record label. Like what you weren't, uh, you had to kind of make your own path if you're dealing with young people that are still trying to figure out how to run a record label at the time.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and it's just, you know, a lot of, I mean, you gotta remember, you know, like digital cameras weren't like really a thing back then. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, you know, we had to burn film, had to get drum scans made, you know, photographers and like all, like, it was just, you know, it was just different, you know? And now, you know, I mean, releasing a record digitally is the norm, you know, as back then, you know, it was just, try to guess how many you would press up, how many you thought you could sell, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's just, the world's got a lot more, um, you know, e- easier to kind of call things out, you know, and figure stuff out, I think. But, sure. Yeah, it was cool. I met a lot of cool bands, too. And, yeah. you know, still people i still, you know... I mean, <clears throat> I still do artwork for Dashboard Confessional, yeah, you know, for Chris. I mean, I've you know known him for years, and you know, I still do stuff, um, you know, for a lot of those bands um, that you know still have relationships with. It's pretty cool.
0: Wow! So you, I didn't know you did stuff for Dashboard Confessional. Uh, what? Where did you start working with him? What record did you, or was it on one of those EPs or? Um, I did all of his EPs. Oh, I all did,
1: of, okay. Um, no, I, I take that back. I, I, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure how many records he's put out. I did that, uh, places you've come to fear the most. <laughs> I think that that first one, the yeah. places you've come to fear the most, uh huh, something like that. It Which It's hilarious. I got a, I got a gold record hanging up.
0: Oh, hell yeah. That one.
1: <laughs> right on. <laughs> and I did, uh, I did a couple more. I think I did one for him when he was on Interscope and then i did some eps and i got a fucking gangload of merch for
0: that kid wow that's awesome man that's uh, that's oh, i wish i could do stuff like that like that's something i always mp things that's, that i <laughs> can't do but uh it just seems like such a cool thing to be able to just uh i mean create something that's tangible and you can hold on to like music music's invisible right like you can't you, you can save lives with it you can pull hostages or uh uh uh, what do you not hostages hostage takers out of a building for playing it you know however many days in a row like there's so many things you can (laughs) do with it but it's invisible you you can't see it you can't you know you can't hold on to it like you can with something physical like a t-shirt or a record packaging or a painting or you know like that kind of stuff is so amazing to me because you can literally, you know, create it. You can take pieces of physical product and turn it into something else. Or, you know, like I'm in construction, so I take pieces of what, it, yeah. you know, what I have and then I build a building <clears> out of it. But it's not, and that's, I guess you can consider that artwork, but it's something that's already laid out. The engineer and architect have already put it together on a computer, and you yeah, just go a make medium. it real.
1: But like, you know, it's a different medium. You can yeah. say that about session musicians. You know, somebody composed it. Here, go play it. <laughs> yeah.
0: There you go. Because, but you can take, like, all right, I need, I need a t shirt for this tour. And you can sit down and then you can decide, you know, for, unless you have some direction from what they want, you can decide what it's going to be. And then people go out and buy it because it's badass. Like, it's, it's such a cool little, like, I don't mean little. It's, it's a cool, uh, Career, you know, like it's it's such a and to be able to do that, like the world needs artistic, creative people like it's it's just a need, you know, it's a it's a a essential thing, you know, that that makes life a little better for the people that aren't artists, I guess is how I look at it. You know, the people that do their cubicle job and you know uh 9 to 5 go home go to work go home i mean they love seeing a good movie or listening to a good record or, or buying a badass shirt at a show you know or those things enrich their lives as much as can be enriched i think and that's why it's so important to have cuz if they can't do it themselves it's available to them to inspire them or or you know make them feel good or terrify them depending on what uh, of what it is you know it's just a cool just, thing.
1: Just like you, you do a cool thing, man. You provide places for people to live.
0: Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> or yeah, <laughs> it's we did. A, we did a cancer hospital last, and now we're doing a hotel. And so, oh damn! So you're on like real construction. Oh yeah, you're not a framer. Commercial? No, I don't do any nope. residential stuff. Um, they actually make less money, which is funny it's the same trap. I'm a plumber, so like a commercial plumber makes uh, in Oregon makes like 10 bucks more an hour than a residential plumber, but they work the same hours and do the same thing. You just commercials, more repetitive, fast pace, I guess maybe more danger.
1: Let me, let me ask you a question. And sure. this is something that I've, and, and that I've been thinking about for years <clears throat> is it like, I think about bands because like I'm in one and it's like, just the sheer, uh, just like, it, it's, it's just insane. If you think about what being in, you know, you've been in a band. It, it's just like, it, it it's, you can't explain it to anybody how you came to the point you are now. It's just like, it seems like a crazy story, but whatever. I'm in a band in California, but yo, how the fuck did you guys do a band in Alaska?
0: <laughs> like, where do you play? Uh Dude, it's just like, uh, I would assume it's very similar, to I mean, not being in it. Like if I grew up in a place like Los Angeles or 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 New York or something like that, it might be a little different. But mainly, we would basically we've discovered uh, Green Day, Weezer, uh, like we were all listening to like Pantera and Metallica and stuff because they came to town. Uh, I saw Fishbone play in this little club called Gigs uh Agent Orange um Goldfinger was supposed to come up but they didn't but then you'd see like the big arena shows and then you get inspired I saw Social Distortion that was my first show um at the Egan Center in Alaska anyway we got into the the punk rock stuff cuz we were like man we could actually play this and then we started a band and we would play like parties in people's houses <clears throat> and then there was like this People would kind of get industrious And start putting on a show They would rent out like a a rec center Or they would rent out uh, We played in our middle school and high school Um, We played on a We played on a flatbed trailer Out front of the Walmart While Silla, Alaska Um, Jesus Because we had our own PA We had found one at a garage sale Um What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on their 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Bewell's new 7-inch now. slash ppp for 30 percent off
1: welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute
0: what's the name of that podcast
1: that's ax to grind uh and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it right down to the shaky microphone and all
0: <laughs> and my name's bob and my name's patrick and usually we're joined by tom Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me. And having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. That's right. So literally, like if I move too far to one side, it would start to tip. Uh, but we set everything up on and played on the flatbed trailer for maybe ten people at, walking into the Walmart. Um, but we'd rent out rec centers and we would do like um, uh, we would print our merch <laughs> at uh, Kinkos. But it was like the stamp press thing, like you you totally design it <clears throat> so it would eventually scrape off. But I used Microsoft Paint or yeah, MS uh, Paint, e- MS Paint, and would take like a. Old fifties like girl or whatever, and put like uh, God, I can't remember the name of the the song, but we put the song name on it, and it was like this Valentine looking thing, and we we bought these crappy shirts with like the ringer tees, they have like the yeah. ringer around the, oh, God, they're awful. Nothing
1: says nineties like a
0: ringer. Yes, and uh <laughs> anyways, but we would just do it, like we would like, well, we could do this, like we saw this band do this, or. Um, we looked through the mail order catalogs from labels and try to see what was cool, and uh, yeah, we just did what we had to do. Like it was, it was, uh you know, yeah, you're obsessed with it. Yeah, it, just, it didn't matter. It's just like it's just what you did. Yeah, it reminds me of like, uh n- n- like back in like the the black flag days, right, where they're like flying for hours a day and playing at like Mabuhay Gardens, or like the the little clubs that would allow bands to play or, or convince the people to let you play there before you wrecked the place. I mean, you wanted to do it. Yeah. You had to do it. That's a, all it was. And we were we had one band that had made it out of Alaska that was 36 Crazy Fists, and they left before we were in high school. But they had done it, so we knew it was possible. Yeah. And so we just pushed, and we loved it. I mean, all – we got him to build a skate park in Walsilla because we raised half the money. So we went to Sarah Palin and asked her, she was the mayor at the time, and asked her if she would match the oh, money and right. build a skate Palin's, park. Palin's yeah. From yeah. And she did it. She held up her end of the bargain and fucking put pennied up, and, and uh, the skate park's still there and it's amazing.
1: And that's uh, rad. so
0: then we would play at the skate park. So it was just, we just made it happen. Like we yeah. played shows. We all worked at a Little Caesars together. And Nick, the drummer, was the manager, so he had the keys. We would store our equipment above the walk-in freezer. And then when we closed down, we would have shows in the Little Little Caesars. Caesars.
1: Dude, that kicks ass. And people would
0: bring beers in and put them in the soda cups and, you know, full glass in the front. There's a band rocking out in a Little Caesars middle of the night (laughs) And uh, no one said a word until one day we were loading out equipment, and the cops pulled into the alley and drew their guns on us and made us get on the ground. They thought we were robbing the place. And we're like, dude, it's drums and guitars. It's a pizza place. This is our stuff. And uh, finally convinced them to let us go. But shit, man, we were putting shows on for weeks before they even showed up. It was nuts. That's so well, Rob. But anyways, that's, that's the cool. – that's the uh the story there in in Alaska now it's a lot easier. there's some more venues up there and more bars are letting bands play but yeah, it's kind of a a desolate spot for music uh for sure
1: that and like it, it, like um that's like my trip out like bands from you know Sweden or something like you know like like how how do you come up? You know how do you how do you get music, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like hardcore and like all like punk and rap and like all this shit. I'm just like you know, back in the '90s, it's like how how I it, that blows my mind, you know. And it's like some of those dudes and some of those bands are the most well versed. They know every record, and, and uh-huh. it just it's mind blowing to me how you just you know <clears throat> how would you get access to any of that out there you
0: know like dude i have an just, answer for you i i have an answer for you because uh, so my buddy inge played for uh, uh international noise conspiracy yeah I know Inge. okay perfect so i had him on the show and we we're talking back through his childhood and he had there was one radio station that would play Ooh. uh in a little village he grew up in he could get this radio station and you would hear these bands and then when he made it into like umea or what the main cities there was like one or two record stores he could then go find or have them order records. And then he just became obsessed, but it was like this little thing. He found this little radio station that he could play, uh, some of this music on and that's what sparked that in him. And then he just started hunting it down. Um, that's so wild. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a weird story, but he, as you know, he's just hilarious when he's telling stories and, and, uh, so animated and happy and, but he's talking about, you know, this like brutal black metal records and shit. It's just like yeah.
1: hilarious. Like hard hard to find stuff. Yeah. Not stuff that's like, you know,
0: common. Yeah. 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 Those guys. Uh, yeah. Dennis uh, likes him as well. Like, same thing. Like, just little, little splinters of things then spawn into this obsession of finding. Yeah. You know, and the hunt's half the battle And half the fun, you know um, Well,
1: that's that's the skateboarding part Yeah <laughs> you know? It's like the hunt, the adventure, you know the Exactly Getting the trick, getting the record You know, that's the parallels, you know Yeah, you yeah just... I, 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 I tell my kids like I, It's like I want to take them record shopping But they just, you know They yell at a device to play something You know, and that's just kind of Or to hit a playlist You know, it's just different now you Yeah know? And not that that's good or bad, you know, but the, they will never know the struggle of trying to find that first black flag, <laughs> album or not, you know. Yeah. like the, the, I've been looking for this for three years. You know? <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Or trying to get the guy at the record store to order you this record and, and uh, not feel like an idiot. we saying it wrong or or getting something, you know, where they're super yeah. like they're the gatekeeper. Yeah. Uh, to big your time pleasure, you know, big time.
1: Yeah. The record store dude was one of the most important people in my life. I, I just, you know, that tape trading tape trading was probably the biggest way to discover music. Oh yeah. I think. And, you know, obviously an obsolete, you know, audio format, but it was that, <clears throat> that's how, that's how I just, that's the, you know, cause you know, tapes were expensive. You know, for kids, you know, yeah. it's like you couldn't, like, you know, spending 10 bucks, eight bucks on a cassette was like a lot in the 80s, you know? Oh, hell yeah. And, you know, and you would, well, but you can get, you know, a 10 pack of Memorex tapes for 10 bucks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You <know>, 90 minutes, <laughs> you know, and get a eight generation dubbed copy of, you know, whatever, you know, and we used to mail them around a lot too. I remember that. it was was, we would trade you know with friends in different places or you know that was a good way to get local music too and and to get your word out was you know meet bands and other places and you know mail them your tape and you know which generally wasn't very great but you know it was still it was still a really great time
0: yeah yeah we never mailed them Around we would send them like I we used to put them in each other's mailbox and stuff like like drop them off or whatever as like a surprise but we never actually mailed them that's a great idea though to spread it around I mean we just I mean we had friends down the lower forty eight uh, or like um, the the two guys in the band's dad lived in Portland and so they would get stuff like sent up every once in a while um, like a oh here's a box of tapes or a box of CDs or what when CDs came out. Never vinyl was never sent to us, but like we get just kind of dig through it. We used to go to pawn shops because you could buy tapes and CDs there for super cheap did, that people that's right, sold, and we would just yeah, look yeah. at which ones looked cool, just like we did at the record store. This record cover looks cool, you know. Which you can identify with that because you made a lot of the covers that people are now probably doing the same thing. Like, wow, uh, oh, that album looks rad. I'm gonna check that one out. You know, like it, it pulls people into the band more than the music does. If they don't know, you know, of the band, it, and they're just record it, shopping.
1: I think so. I mean, you know, like this is before listening stations. Yeah. You know? This is yeah. where like, like <clears throat> you would just go in and you talk to a guy and you're like, man, I'm, you know, I'm digging this record. I said, like, well, let's check this out. And this, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick this one up because it has a cooler cover. Yeah. <laughs> and <Yes>. it, was <laughs> like, and it was like, you know, and I think, I think that's, you know it's funny i think that you know the childhood things that you know your your brainwaves is just like still the same today i'm like man it's kind of yeah it's like I, I gotta have a cool cover you
0: know,
1: like, <laughs> you know. And that's uh, important to me you know
0: yeah absolutely especially with vinyl where it gets the full-on treatment like you can't really get better than that with the the size and the the wheel there was always like a, a seven inch bin like At the record stores in in um in Anchorage, Mammoth Music and um, but like Second Avenue Records in Portland is the one I started going to because the lady like lived upstairs, like she knew everything, and if she didn't, the guy next to her did. And you'd ask a question like, I think I went in trying to find this cancer conspiracy record, and uh, they're like, Oh man, you like that? You're gonna like this? Like, and they bring out these little like uh little boxes that have like I don't know twenty CDs in them, um. To dig through and like we're all labeled with this weird stuff and that's where I first bought Jane Doe by Converge because the album cover looks so sweet (laughs) and I gave it away. I I, I've said this on the podcast like twenty times, but I even told Kurt Blue this on the podcast. Was like I fucking hated that record when I put it on. It made me upset. I was like, what the fuck is this? I do not understand. Why did I waste my money on this? Gave it away. Bought it again because fuck this cover is so cool. I want to love this band put it on again, hated it, gave it away a second time, and then finally bought it again It's one of my top ten records. But, like, it it was that artwork that really drew me to it at first and then brought me back again was that, like, That's iconic right. cover, you know? Like, it was just like this – well, it's become iconic in the scene. Um, but it was so – seem it seems so simple. I know you dig into it. There's a lot to it. But it just was, like, this very clear – presentation of of a piece and it was just like this is it's beautiful but the record is so loud and i just couldn't deal with it it was it was embarrassing and yeah uh, it'll wear you out yeah but (laughs) shit man i've and i grew to love that record so much and uh that's the way i framed it i was like i'm gonna tell you something here because i have to come clean on this but it does come around (laughs) <laughs> like basically <laughs> hey dude i fucking hate your record like your your seminal record or whatever like i fucking hate it but now i love it but anyway yeah um it's all good it, yeah it goes it goes all over the place but yeah this, how many think of how many records that you've directly sold from bands you aren't in just because of what you created on the outside which is so cool to think about um that some of those bands probably became that person's favorite band you know it's so <clears throat> cool yeah, we-
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I will say that I feel music always trumps the cover, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> but it, um, you know, it's, you know, every aspect, I don't know, every aspect to an album from just, I don't know. I, I like videos or, you know, yeah, whatever. I don't know. It's all like really important to me. <clears throat> and, and it's just like, I, Probably take music a little too seriously. You know, sometimes t- the guys in my band are just rolling their eyes. <laughs> but <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know, I think I, I think you know, they're just like this is fucking still going. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. But just let them go, Dude.
0: <laughs> That's one thing with the Bronx, uh, especially the Bronx, is ever since you guys came on the scene, like came out. There was like this, I don't know how to describe, it could be the aesthetic from records and, and like the image, but there was always this cool factor. Like there's some, like, so like, like I use Chino from the Deftones, but for example, he pretty much, that's a band I got into on the first record. I made my dad go into the store with me to buy Adrenaline and then go get a windbreaker because Chino wore a windbreaker in that video And it seemed like everything he's done since has been cool, like it or not question in a way that uh, like going from like a band that's kind of in the new metal scene to then releasing White Pony. And then like we could have gone this way or we could go this way. And they went this way and it became really cool, you know, like from fashion to style to uh, and I know I don't think he designs much of the stuff, but. There's always this cool factor, and the Bronx always had that. Like before, I even heard the music, I was like, "Those guys are probably cool." <laughs> it
1: was, if
0: I, that makes sense.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't really think I'm very cool.
0: Okay, uh, well maybe. But I, now we're finding there, out I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking
1: of tripping out on bands, know, I always tripped out. It's like, there was that that you know the corn, limp, biscuit, and Deftones. Yeah. And I was like. How the fuck are Deftones still like relevant and good and like still making music that matters? Like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it's like you know the biscuit and the corn corn biscuit. You know, I don't know. I don't. I just <laughs> I missed. I'm not even. I don't even know if they're around anymore. But it's like I really like the Deftones. Oh, dude, <clears> they're one of they're my really, favorite
0: bands of all time.
1: Like, they're really good musicians, and like nobody sounds like them.
0: Exactly. Exactly, but they just, and they just kept going, and they're still doing it. They just finished another record. Like it was, I was just texting with uh, Chino the other day because they're, they're like we're, they're mixing with Terry Date like over the internet right now because of coronavirus, and uh, <laughs> so like they were they were literally in Seattle finishing tracking and then going to Australia, canceled the night before, and then home ever since. So now it's like yeah, we, we were supposed sharing. to do
1: that show too.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. Australia.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, right. I mean, and I think, <clears throat> I think once they pulled out the promotion, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're done. Yeah,
0: we're done. <laughs> yeah, that band, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know how, and I've never asked, but I don't know how they've just maintained this integrity and where people trust that they're going to, I mean, you know, going from that scene to now, I mean, so, it's crazy. The trajectory is insane, but um, yeah, totally. With that, like the with the Bronx, be And then I got into the music and I was like, fuck yeah, this is amazing. And I, th- and my friend Katie used to live with, uh, uh, jo- Oh, Katie, yeah, I know Katie. Yeah. Okay. She's married to uh, Ellis Mania, dude, now. Um, I haven't seen her for, years. I haven't either since like probably 2005. Um, but she's from Alaska. So, like, she was friends with her drummer, Travis. Like best friends. So when she was dating Jeff from The Used, we met that way and she was working for Warp Tour production. Anyway. Um, but that's how I then I was like the Bronx came again to where I was like, okay, I need to check these guys out. Now and that's when I actually started listening to the music. Um after that second introduction to the band. Um but anyways, the 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 image, the artwork has always been just awesome with that band and and it I think it draws a lot of people in. Um, that normally may not have even checked it out, which is, which is awesome. But then you guys did, uh, the mariachi El Bronx, which was something also that was so incredibly cool, but so out there, like, what is this? This is the same people. Like, what is this? Like, this is great. Like, how did that, I want to know how that idea came about to do that. And how – I mean were you guys all into mariachi and ranchera music and stuff like uh, growing up or was it one guy that kind of brought it in? And then the other question – there's like three questions in a row. So Mike, who hooked us together uh, – Yes. Yes. Sit, yeah, yes. He sent – and I, I lost the message on Instagram, but he said the instrument you're playing is a – I don't remember the name of it. I, I was going to butcher it anyways – But he said when you don't learn it as a child and growing up, it's very hard to learn as an adult. And he said you taught yourself how to play this as an adult, which was fascinating. If that makes sense.
1: I Okay. uh, I'll start there and work your way back. Okay. I – the only instrument I know how to play is uh, piano and cello. I was classically trained in both of those instruments. I don't know a fucking thing about the guitar. Okay. I taught myself how to play it. Like, I, I mean, I could tell you what chords or what, but it's just, I don't, I don't like from, from studying music, like I hated it. I hated that learning other people's stuff. I wanted to make up my own. And so once, <clears throat> because I had a musical background, in those two instruments, I feel that I have dexterity in both of my hands that can move independently okay. of each other. Uh-huh. Um, and so learning other
0: instruments is pretty easy for me.
1: Not, not, learning them, being good at them is two
0: different things. Yes. Does that make sense? Correct. Yes. The the mechanics um, of it is one thing, but actually proficiency is hard. Right. Yeah. Like it was probably a, a vihuela
1: or something or a traceruleos or you know bajo sexto i'm not sure what he was talking about but those are kind of the different weird <clears throat> you know handmade rustic never in tune instruments that i play uh in that band and um it's you know i just kind of figured it out i don't i don't know It just once you know i'm i'm by no means an expert or virtuoso you know i can but I can, I can get through it. You know, Um, as far as coming up with the mariachi band, um, kind of around 2000, I feel that the, you know, the east side of LA was getting gentrified, meaning that all the, you know, white people were moving into the Latin neighborhoods and it was just everywhere all the time. The music, the culture, and it was just you were just immersed in it. And I and I think that probably had a lot to do with it because we were all just, you know, you know, I ate Mexican food for, you know, six years every day. Oh <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it just I mean, I I'm, I'm guessing and it just it became something that I was really I was like, hey, you know, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. And everyone's like i don't know man and um but we did it you know we we, i mean we never ever thought we'd you know sell any records or anything but you know it's like all of a sudden like that band became bigger than our punk band you know yeah and it was and it was it was cool i felt like you know i I really you know I, i wanted to do something original like i love i love originality. You know, I'd love when, when people just sound so out there that there's like only those people could make that music, you know? Yeah. And, and it kind of, you know, we did it and man, those early days were just dick kicker tours because we would play twice the mariachi band, you know, we would, I don't know, it was like a four band bill. There'd be like an opening band, mariachi band would play, we'd take a break, change, and then the Bronx would play. It was exhausting, you know? Yeah. And, But I think it kind of, it kind of made it like, you know, on purpose, like I was like, Hey, we really want to do this. And it was, you know, it, it was, it was hard, like figuring out, like one of the gnarliest things was trying to figure out like, you know, how to amplify these instruments because they're, they're not MIT, you know, like there's not pickups made for these things. There's nothing, you know, we kind of had to figure it out, you know, and I'm like, we we were wrapping, you know, microphones and towels and duct taping them to the inside of like oh base, you know, the guitar on and, and yeah. like that's the kind of crap we had to figure out because it's just it just doesn't exist, like the technology. <clears throat> you know, and and it you know, and it's just you know, it's it's like being in a band in Alaska, dude You just figure it out Yeah <laughs>
0: That's know? wild Did you get much pushback on it? Like, what did people think in the crowd going to see the Bronx Watching the mariachi Bronx? Mm. Like, were people just kind of stand there like, what the <clears> fuck, <throat> fuck is this? I think it was kind of a little bit of everything Yeah A little bit of that A little bit of
1: this is cool A little bit of this sucks <laughs> A little bit of fuck these guys. Fuck these guys.
0: You know? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! some
1: rock and roll. They're all wearing a bunch of like, like three amigos up there.
0: Yeah, dude. Okay. You know,
1: internationally, it was it was crazier because it, it, it's like the mariachi culture is not something that really exists with outside of like the Southwest United States Yeah. and you know obviously Mexico and um, <clears throat> but every. I, re- I remember we were laughing because every interview we did, like in England, uh, th- they are like, man, you guys dress like the Three Amigos. <laughs> and I was like, no, the Three Amigos were charro suits. It's not. But yeah. that's like, yeah, that's what that's what they like, you know. And no fault on them, but it, it's just not a thing over there,
0: you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you can't even get a burrito over there. <laughs> you can. <laughs> can you? Yeah, it's got corn and sour cream on it. Oh, dude. Uh, when we did Europe, I could not find Mexican food to save my life. Indian food was everywhere. You can get a kebab, but you could not find Mexican food.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a kind of like mayonnaise. I don't know. It's not oh, worth it. <clears throat> you know, gross. it's like to me, I don't know. I mean, I just.
0: You're spoiled down really... there in California, man. Jesus Christ. That's some of the best I've ever had.
1: Well, uh, you know, same with the England, man. It's the best Indian food I've ever had. Yeah, True. Fish and chips That always blew, blows my mind About going on tour over there I was like How does it, Like this is the The most delicious food And then everything else In England Has no flavor Yeah
0: <laughs> And the weather's awful <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just pissing a little bit on you Just enough to ruin your day
1: Yeah people love it though They yeah, love that drizzle It's crazy
0: It's crazy Like
1: well I mean I love the heat So you know Who's crazier
0: Yeah good point <clears throat> So I found that I found that message uh from Miguel and it was uh it's the vihuela.vihuela vihuela, yes. vihuela uh yeah, five-string uh guitar that he that's how he was he was playing but that's yeah, that's fascinating. I love I love that so much uh, and the music's fantastic and I love how different it is like it's not even this different it's just it's something that no one in that in the scene you guys come from has done anything like that or has to this day I don't think. But it was such an interesting thing, you know? It was like an interesting, not to say like an experiment, but like a, a venture. Like, it was an in, it was an adventure. And you guys are doing it. Like, it's it's awesome. Like, it just...
1: It was fun. It was super fun.
0: Yeah. And then playing... You, you know? guys probably did a bunch of festivals, too, I would assume, getting booked on festivals. With oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well,
1: yeah. It's, we kind of went everywhere. Did everything, you know? It was, yeah. It was, you know, the... And it's, you know, it was really different. Like, we got... You know I mean, just you know we toured places and played festivals where <clears throat> guys like us don't really go, <laughs> yeah,, yeah. So, and it was like like oh man, one of the one of the best the best uh we I don't know, we had like a day off i don't I don't even remember how we got there, but we were in Vermont at a ski area playing a yoga festival, what <laughs> yeah, it was great, and like. <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm not talking, you know, at this point in our careers, you know, it's like, we've pulled up, you know, leather jackets, smoking cigarettes, say, hey, what do we do at this yoga festival? You know? And like the, the, the artist rap was just like, Oh, you know, you I want to attend a master class. you know, see somebody achieve a full Lotus. And we're just like, uh, what? uh yeah, it's like, I'm going to go do a J
0: yeah.
1: and that, uh, there was this there was this band that played before us and it it was just it was the most insane music it was a chant band they were called um and all they did was just go um and they would play like all these crazy indian instruments like the music was pretty good like i mean it sounded like it just like nothing I'd ever heard, <clears throat> but they just kept saying um over and over and over again. And we were up next and we might as well have been Slayer. <laughs> and like, there was people covering their ears cause they had like seating in the front row. <laughs> and it was like, people were getting bummed out, you know, because there was volume, yeah. you know, and drums and did, and, it was hilarious. Dude. And like, we went, yeah, you know. I was like I think I was the only one that really ventured out Into the village but it's like I took a sound bath <laughs> With some bells <laughs> on my face painted It was hilarious
0: You just absorbed the whole experience It's like the sound jungle Or the sound forest at Bonnaroo or whatever it is where you just go Oh yeah I've been yeah. in that thing Oh fuck yeah That's hilarious dude you just like open yourself up To the culture and just yep Just do what you're gonna do dude. There's That's beautiful like-
1: Couples, dude, I don't, I don't even know what they're doing. Like standing on top of shoulders and pushing, like, like it's crazy. Like people that are really into yoga are really into it. Like it's, it's like it's almost like ballet, almost like the couples that do it. I don't know if you've ever seen any of that stuff. It's just bizarre.
0: I've heard about the goat yoga, the baby goat <laughs> yoga. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine, uh, Leah. Uh, from this band called sloth rust um she her partner it does reiki and then she does like she'll uh score the meditations with her guitar but then she also had to go do a like improv for a goat yoga studio uh through a session and that
1: and that's not a greatest of all time studio. That's an actual goat.
0: Yeah, this actual goat stands on your back or on top of oh, it God. while you're doing yoga. It's serious, dude. You got to look it up. It's real. No way. Yep. Because there's so – like the 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 bond between animal and human, like there's something to it. But this, this husband and wife, whoever, started this goat yoga thing, and it's like all the rage down in Southern California – uh, yeah, you need to look it up <laughs> If you could find I some totally goat yoga it. pictures And make and an totally album cover out yoga. of it I
1: don't totally go to goat yoga Hell yeah totally Go walking around on me like I, that.
0: Paint your face, <laughs> put on a stick Petty record Zoo. And just fucking go to it, buddy like, That's hilarious Dude, yeah I, Well, you know, you, did you ever listen to like the The uh, the Krishna core bands Like uh, like Shelter and, and 108 and, and Youth of Today And all that stuff a little bit it's funny did our our you know small
1: shelter.
0: oh really yeah okay so you have you you're familiar with ray capo and and yeah, now totally. rag rag Raggan, rag or whatever he just did joe rogan's podcast It's pretty fascinating talking about the yoga thing and uh, he's a yoga master or whatever now and living in the in the woods but uh teaching like yoga retreats and things but it's weird how that stuff all ties together and people end up in that realm.
1: Yeah, I man. You know, all that Eastern religion, I mean, you know, it's like you know, those people, you know, it's like you don't notice, like people that do yoga, like just just have like a they're they're super calm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like they're like pretty well put together, like they're not freaking out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like you know, and they just like everything's gonna be okay. You know, and it's like they're just you know they're they're just solid people,
0: you know,
1: yeah, eating right, doing the exercise, and you know all that stuff you gotta be back. solid
0: to not laugh when someone farts and <laughs> and they don't laugh and that takes yeah farts are funny man I don't care who you are or where it's yeah. at Audible farts are funny, and they will not laugh, and it is crazy to have that kind you of know? stoicism, you know what I mean hey, it's nuts, you know what life goals respectful. right there life goals. life goals life goals god damn well joby dude this has been fun man i we've had you on the phone over an hour already this this fucking flies man it seems crazy it first starts out it's like it, 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 yeah you're at an hour within no time it's crazy well thanks but, for having me dude it's been an absolute pleasure I, I and thanks for coming on and and do you have anything you want to plug do you have anything coming up or are you guys, uh, I mean, I'm not tour wise, but like music wise, <laughs> like put some stuff out, art stuff, like.
1: No, just, uh, you know, I'm, just I'm, I have, well, you know, I mean, since, uh, since COVID happened, you know, I'm, I've been a, I've really been getting back into doing a lot of album artwork and merchandise designs and, it's kind of becoming my full-time job. I like I just don't know. No one really knows what's going to happen, so yeah. you know. Um it's nice cuz uh, you know, it's like doing that shit on the road is tough. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh you know, now that I'm home, it's like I've, I've been really busy and you know, looking forward to uh, doing more work. I guess I could plug that.
0: Excellent. Where can people find you for if they want to uh, commission some work or or get in touch with you?
1: ww.jobj4.com Awesome. There's a few spacklings of things I've done through the years,
0: <laughs> and most people are priority own a lot of the things you've done through the years, which is awesome. <laughs> you've Been doing it so a while, you know. Yeah. And
1: I, but I I enjoy it too. I love it. Like I I love like the problem solving of of like creating album packaging and you know it's just sit there and torture myself. Yeah, <clears throat> solving the puzzle exactly. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> trying to trying to read people's brains. Yeah. Well,
0: you know. <laughs> well, dude, this has been this has been absolutely awesome, and and I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate all the great artwork you've put out that I've been able to to witness myself, and then also the music is has been awesome, and and uh, such a cool a cool thing to, to chat for a little bit and and uh, get to know someone new that I've not met in person. Uh, absolutely, I've definitely seen you around, but I've never actually met you. So uh, happens it's been awesome, yeah. But dude, we'll have to do a part two sometime too. This has been really interesting. We could delve into a lot of other things, and and uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, absolutely, I it, dude. Well, you know, next time we pull through, hit us up. All right, absolutely, I will, buddy. Thank you so All much, right, dude. Thanks, for you. All right, Joey, bye. bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Joey Ford from the Bronx. Uh, I had a great time chatting with him. Him and I had not met before. Uh, which was kind of cool. I like when that happens because it, it allows me to learn something new about someone I didn't know before. And I usually find out something pretty cool and, uh, just hearing about all his artwork, uh, the stuff he's done, uh, which you guys just got done listening to. So I don't need to recap it for you. Um, but I definitely, uh, had a, had a blast talking to Joby and wish him all the luck, uh, with all his projects. And, uh, who knows, maybe we'll have him on for a part two here, uh, you know, in the next while. Um, I know we've been doing some part twos here and there and, uh, yeah. Anyways. So thank you so much for listening to the show guys week after week. Uh, definitely go rate and review the show. If you haven't yet Send it to a friend, word of mouth is the best way to, uh, to get the word spread. I mean, it's, it's better than anything. If you have a friend that tells you something, uh, that's worthwhile to listen to, you're definitely going to check it out or at least way more likely to check it out than if something you don't know, a Facebook ad or something tells you to listen to it. So anyways uh hope everyone's staying safe out there and uh you know spending time with family uh remembering what's important in life and uh what really matters um you know we're learning a lot and so uh, hopefully you guys are taking care of each other um you know I just I just love having you guys back week after week I love putting these episodes out and seeing what happens so uh yeah much love to Joby and the Bronx guys hopefully uh you know everything's okay with them and and uh yeah, I, I just love having new people on the show that I've never spoken to before. Um, I always like a challenge, and uh, soon enough, I think after about you know two minutes, it becomes less of a challenge and more of a of an adventure. So hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. Hit me up and let me know. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get out of here. Got lots to do this week, lots to do the rest of this month. Big things are coming, guys. You're going to hear it soon. Thank you so much for coming back week after week, and as always we'll see you on the radio